Proust wobbles it forward. Lewis, all on his own, can walk in and seal the deal. Jack on the move. Blasts it towards goal. Chenku Jack got it there. Chenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard, spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Chad Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more. Bends it, nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. Hello, guys. Welcome to episode five of the Hawthorne Fancast. Today I'm doing it with James, like always. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, so today we'll be reviewing the uh, Hawthorns' loss to the Bulldogs last round, and we'll also be previewing our upcoming game against Fremantle. Yeah, well, it was another loss on the weekend, but I feel like it was another step in the right direction. For the boys, uh, probably missed some golden opportunities. Even in the first half, I feel like we should have been about four or five goals in front at half time, and then probably ran out of legs a little bit in the second half. We got killed on the wings, but I feel like our contest and our intent was always there. Yeah, it's a story of the season so far. I think the efficiency is a big worry for us right now. I think we're ranked last right now for accuracy in front of goal or something like that. I saw a stat of. And um, I just want to throw a stat out there to start off with. Uh, we actually took four team marks inside 50, which is a huge positive, but shows sort of how wasteful we were in front of goal. That would be the highest of our season. Probably. I'd say so. I didn't really go back and have a look at all the stats like I probably should have, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, I like that one. Um, I feel like our forward line wasn't functional though i feel like we took 14 marks inside 50 but i feel like we need to learn how to play with mitch lewis back in the side i thought he was very good he missed a lot of opportunities but i feel like guys like fergus and brockman who probably haven't played a lot with mitch lewis before probably didn't know how to take it in terms of i feel like they might have been leading in his space drawing a defender to mitch lewis or not being able to play that decoy role right there was just a few errors inside 50 um, that probably ended up costing. Because I want to throw to you, how did we lose that game? If you, you look at the stats, and we were on top of almost every key stat um, in the game. We, we, we dominated most statistics coming out of the middle. I think in the second quarter, we were 8-0 in center clearances at one stage. And obviously, I, th- I think Bont got a really nice clearance, got them a goal. And then the clearances kind of rolled on for them. Um, but I feel like we were really strong in the contest and and just around the ground, especially in that first half. Yeah, midfield dominance has been fantastic all year. But as you mentioned, between the arcs, we've struggled a little bit. I think there was a bit of a an issue, as you mentioned, with the growing pains of having Mitch Lewis back, uh, not really having a functional forward line. They don't really know how to play off each other as well. But I also want to throw something out to you. I was looking at the stats earlier, and it said that um, our highest person, that had, well, the person that had the most inside 50s was James Warple. And that sort of staggers out to me a little bit because we know that James Warple, even though he's having a massively great season, his disposal isn't really the best. Do you think that might be part of the reason why we struggle? I feel like he's. it's definitely been something he's slightly improved this season. We've still got the Warple killers, but I found on the weekend he was doing a lot of the kicks that were a bit reminiscent of what Jager and Tom Mitchell used to do inside our 50. They were pretty shallow clearances to the top of the 50. Some were kind of floaty. I know he bursted away at one point. Instead of lowering the eyes, he just bombed it wherever. And Liam Jones or Alex Keith or whoever were doing most of the intercepts for the dogs would just mop up. And it was getting quite frustrating. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess out of the midfield unit, who would you rather kick into the 50 the most? Other than maybe like a Carl Amon. Probably Will Day. 
Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Will Day, Newcomb's gotten better in that area. He's more penetrating, but with Newcomb, it's more bomb it to the top of the square, um, more so than Day can like roll with the eyes. Kick, yeah, yeah. I, I think with um, Connor Nash just throwing to him for a second. He had another good game, by the way. Uh, kept Bont really quiet, which I was really happy with. But uh, Nash sort of, I think, knows his limitations. He yeah. seems to handball the ball off a lot, just knowing that someone else can. How use many handballs did he have on the week? I don't know. He had. I, think he, had, I right think he had something like twenty. Two touches yeah. or 26 touches, and about 18 of them were handballs. Hang on, let me get up in a second. I think yeah. he had eight, 18 handballs, so he definitely knows that kicking's probably not his strength. But I think he was still going in the 80s for disposal efficiency, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, his disposal efficiency, uh, efficiency sorry, was 69%. Um, so oh, a, bit it was low, a bit low a bit for lower a, than a handball week. game. Um, yeah, I would say so. But uh, I still thought he had a good game and his form this season continues. Along with all the other midfielders, I thought performed really well. There was no really midfielder that was down today. No. Speaking of down players, who do you think was a bit down? CJ hasn't had the best season. Looks fumbly. Morrison seemed to butcher everything he went near. I thought Chad was good, but I feel like his pressure was so lazy. Yeah, he's copping it online right now, that's for sure. It was very lazy. I feel like with ball in hand, and I, I know he set up Mitch Lewis late in the half when Lewis took that specky. Um, unfortunately, Lewis missed it, but he was doing a lot of good things with ball in hand. He just looks like um, he's going through the motions a bit. He doesn't have his heart set on... He, he just doesn't look as determined as he has in previous years. Yeah, I was trying to figure out whether it was what you mentioned, determination, his general temperament. You know, some people just yeah. seem to consider him as like a lazy player in general or does he not have as much confidence in his body anymore because of all the soft tissue injuries he's got well there hasn't been a lot of continuity in his game he had a full pre-season for probably the first time since he's been at the club but then got injured in the early rounds and then had the lacerated tongue and all those issues as well so he's just coming back from that I expect him to improve Um, but yeah he looked very off the pace on the weekend and it stood out where do you sit with Chad right now? I mean, I saw an article today saying that he might find a third club at the end of the year. Obviously, this is his uh, final year of his contract, and he hasn't been playing fantastic football for the Hawks in the last sort of year or so. Where do you sit with him at the end of the year? I've got too much of a soft spot yeah, me for too. Chad. <laughs> I, I, I know what he's capable of, and we even saw in round one when he kicked that goal, and he can bring it. There's just a consistency issue. We, we found that same issue when Jago O'Meara was at the Hawks, that he'd, he'd, he'd have flashes of brilliance, like, oh, my God, Jago, when's he going to break out? And never quite happened. I fear the same might happen for Chad, but yeah. I still hold yep. out that last glimmer of hope that he, he's able to put some consistent footy together. And hopefully we see it from now or well into the second half of the year. Speaking of, of consistent footy, what do you make of Will Day's return to the team? Well, what, what is it? He's, he's fourth club MVP or fan-voted MVP for the season. So right. In a row because he was actually suspended for the previous two weeks as well. And, and once he played five games for the year. So yep. he's missed two of, he missed two games through suspension and he's only missed out on being MVP for one game that he's played. So that's consistent as hell. What a rise. First year in the midfield and he's already looking like our best midfielder. I know a, a few fans towards the end of last season were kind of almost jumping off the Will Day train. Uh, but I always had hope that, that he was going to find some good form. And there was definitely question marks coming into the season about his form and, and would he be a player that can just rise to the occasion and just play some good footy all year. And he, he's been our... He's, he, he would be the Peter Crimmins medal leader to this point. I would agree with you. Yeah, those two obviously weeks out might have lost him a few votes just just more recently. There's been some other players that have had some consistent years, uh, like Connor Nash, for example. Um, 
Going on to the next sort of point, what do you make of the two debutons? I thought they were they were okay. Okay. Uh, more so Weddle than than Ramsen. I feel like Ramsen was that little bit too green, got pushed out of contests, and I'm just glad that we gave him a, a, a taste. Yeah, a bit of exposure. Um, I feel like the doggies backline or their tall defenders are probably down the bottom of the quality of the competition. So yeah. for him to struggle that badly was probably expected due to how slight he is. Mm. Um, but I didn't go in with confidence that he was going to kick five goals or anything. Um, I thought he competed well. I think he just needs to put on a bit of size and come back. He certainly has some game sense, and, and I feel like he was in the right positions. I just feel like he was a bit nervous as a first game. I fumbled a little bit, but he, he, he was fine. He, he probably won't play next week unless they want to give him a block of games. Um, but Weddle was definitely the better of the two, held his own pretty well against Jamara, who I think got off the chain twice, and I think one was even a free kick. Um so Weddle was fine. He, he he did a few nice kicks. We he looked like probably the only Hawthorne player that wasn't gassed towards the yeah, end of the game. Yeah, he's a fit young lad, isn't he? Um, so so positive signs for Weddle, and and I hope he gets another crack this week. Yeah, I think he will. I mean, I thought he did enough to suggest that he stays in the team, even though we're having a bit of a tight, uh, I guess, uh, selection committee these days because we have so little injuries. Yeah. Rams and I sort of echo my thoughts of last week. Is that I just think still too green. I was actually really surprised with both of them being in this week. Um, let alone just one of them. Uh, I thought Weddle was still maybe a couple of performances away from coming in, but I'm glad they used him. And I think that I- I'm just wondering to see if they're going to play him in this key position defensive role or they're going to push him up into a wing. Um, and with Ramsden, I'd say he'd be probably back in Box Hill this week. Just give him a bit of exposure. He's still very green. Surprised they gave him so much of a job in the ruck against Tim English. I thought yep. that was a bit of an interesting call. Uh, but Reeves more than held his own. So who would be your three best for the week? My three best for the week, I've gone with Days, number one, uh, consistent with the fan-voted MVP. I just thought he was pretty much everywhere. He never really stops trying, Day, which is one of the things I love most about him. It seems like he plays just as well in the first as, as he does in the last, really. The other one was Newcomb. I thought he was really good inside, especially competitively. There were so many times I saw him like fending off and sort of wriggling out of those contests. Uh, and he probably went a little bit quiet in the second half with, with a lot of the team did, but I thought his day was still pretty serviceable. And the other one I'm going to go with is actually Ned Reeves. I thought he more than held his own. Yeah. With only really Ramson's back up, which was going to be always be tough for him. And, you know, even I saw some David Hale vision today of him, you know, chasing <laughs> English around in their forward line. I just thought he did a really good job on a, on a Ruckman who's been pretty much in all Australian form. Yeah, I've got Reeves as my BOG. Oh, and I'm, I'm glad. I just have him there because... We've been on this podcast for, let's say, the last four weeks, and he's been a player that's <laughs> always been in the in the negative section. That's true. We've kind of been like, oh, does he deserve his spot? Um, we don't really have many other options because Meek wasn't traveling as well either. And to come up with arguably probably the most informed ruck in the competition and probably have the better of him um, is absolutely amazing for the big noodle. And he has, he has Sean Darcy this week, which is another massive test, and I hope he just brings that form against him because I thought the noodle, he, he, I don't think he took many marks, but he definitely impacted around the ground, and he was certainly noticeable when he did. Yeah, definitely. I think that he, before you move on to, obviously, your other two uh, best players, Reeves, for me, uh, has shown huge improvement, especially over the last sort of two to three weeks, taking more contested marks, getting around the ground. Just having a presence, really. Yeah, definitely. I also want to mention just briefly here that uh, Meek had a huge day out at Box Hill, and I probably expect him to come back in. I want to see those two ruck work together again. 
hopefully that combination can improve a lot more than what they were at the start of the year. But Meek, Meek deserves a spot back in the team, I think. And not to mention that it will be against his old club, which he probably knows really well and has trained on Sean Darcy for years. That's a very good point. I'd say he'd almost be definitely back in. So who are your other two best players of the game? Different to yours, I didn't want to... I feel like it was there was no one that played specifically bad and it was a pretty even across the ground that we had kind of about seven or eight players that you could pick in your three. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go the same or Newcomb because Newcomb kind of kicked two junkies that make his stats look a, probably a bit better. But then again, we struggled to score in the we, second we, half. I mean, he was the only one that scored goals in the second half. Yeah, I know. Half. But like, I went with Hardwick. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, I can agree well, with that. He Co- shut down Cody Waitman. Cody Waitman didn't have an impact at all. And obviously, mm-hmm. Seamus Mitchell in the first half did a bit of a job on Cody Waitman as well. He was on Arthur Jones. Um, as well. But uh, yeah, Hardwick was brilliant. Took heaps of marks, generated a lot of our play from from kick-ins and, and across half-back as well. And three, and I know we, we spoke about a few negatives in his game before, but when the game was there and it was competitive and to be won, Warple was an absolute beast in that first half out of the middle. And he, I feel like just this season, he's been able to get his hands on it first and just generate drive out of the midfield. And he's kind of been the main person that's been doing it out of the clearance. I feel like that's an area we've lacked for years is is clearances and, and kind of stoppages. And I think Warple's just changed that probably the most out of our midfielders. And kicked one hell of a goal right in front of us. Yeah, then that, that obviously gives him points <laughs> well, as well. That was out of his ass. <laughs> when he kicked that, I'm like, yeah, Warple's on today. And, and maybe he faded out a little bit in the in the second half, but I, I'm giving him a vote. Yeah, no, fair enough, Fonny. Uh, I reckon in future episodes, we're going to have to have a big chat about Warpole, especially coming to his last year of his contract, well, and our midfielders in general, because we're having a bit of a squeeze right now. I mean, you saw Conor McDonald and Cam McKenzie both go back down to Box Hill, absolutely dominate. They should be playing senior footy, but we just don't have any room for them right now. That's it. We've got, mids. we've got a lot of midfield depth, and it's proving to be quality, which is which is all what which is always a good thing. Yeah, our defence... Uh, sorry, our midfield just one last shout-out. I think we're ranked fifth right now, which is a, a massive improvement on 18th last year. So the cutting too deep thing, once again, is completely false. Agree. A um, bit of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. No no real injuries from the game. Uh, they said that the sub of Seamus was tactical, but I'm hearing he did have a bit of a hip flexor issue. Okay. So they just subbed him. And so he might, he might be out for this week. Maybe Scrimshaw can come back I in. I still expect him to, As I said, I rated... I put Hardwick in the votes, and I feel like Hardwick plays his best footy when there's another small defender that's playing similar roles. You think about last year when Hardwick was playing his best footy, Josh Morris was in the side. And ever since Seamus Mitchell's been in the side, think about Hardwick's last three games. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've been pretty strong. Well, yeah, because you can delegate more of the role there. Uh, yeah. Before we move on, I know we're about to go into the next uh, next game. How, why do you, what, what do you think sort of happens throughout the game that made us lose this one? Well, it's been the story of our season in, in some second halves, mainly in the more early rounds. And so we spoke about efficiencies was one of them that yeah. we really couldn't get on the ball. But that was more first half issues. What, what, what do you think happened in that second half that really just turned the tide? I feel like we come out with a little bit different of an intent in our game style. I feel like... In the first half, we play this footy that's so free and direct and we get the chains going. and we whatever. Have energy, yeah. It almost feels like in the second half, we take less risks. We slow it down a little bit and we're scared to be blown out because that's what happened in the early rounds. Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of what it comes across as. We play this slow brand of footy that isn't 
quite the Hawthorne way. And, and when we're playing our best footy, we're not playing slow footy. We're not playing this try to save the game sort of stuff. It's like we're, we don't want the lead to blow out. And on the weekend, the lead didn't blow out, but we're trying to save it too much. That there was times going, are we going to attack? Are we going to do something? Are we going to get these runs going? But we looked really slow. And, and that's a credit to the Bulldogs also with yeah, the team, de- te- team defense shutting us down. We got exposed a lot on the wings in turnover and, and we did look a little bit slow and tired. And we played eight quarters of good footy across the GWS and Adelaide game and make that 10 quarters for the first half of the Doggies game. You are going to get tired playing 10 quarters of absolutely great footy. And against an opposition that was sort of finding their form back and obviously yeah. season bodies. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I, I am a obviously a glass half full. I, I love the Hawks' effort every week right now. It helps us go into the footy. We love chatting about the Hawks. We're, we're very optimistic in terms of our future right now. It's just great to see us playing a lot better than what we were at the first two rounds of the year. However, the last quarter for me was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. I wanted to come out with a bit more intent and really bring it to the dogs, you know, go a little bit faster, get some handball chains going. I thought we just sort of maybe slowed the game down ourselves, like a lot of chipping. Sure. And, and as you mentioned, it probably was a lot due to the dogs' defense, but just taking a bit more risks, you know, doing some, you know, getting some more numbers up the ground, maybe evening it up. I noticed I had a lot of uh, spares behind the ball all mm-hmm. the time. I would rather us maybe gone for a little bit more broke and not let 15 minutes of that first, of that last quarter go without really doing anything. But anyway. Well, we turn our attention to the next game. We play Fremantle, 7.30, Saturday night. We got a Saturday night game. <laughs> we got one. I think it's our only one. Wait, wait, wait you're telling me it's on a 3.20 on a Sunday? It's a night game? Wow, what this it's is It's a primetime slot. Uh, it's it another bad it's team. It's probably the Fox footy one too. I haven't checked that. It is, oh, yeah. at, it is at Optus Stadium. It used to be a happy hunting ground for us, but we haven't won there since we beat Carlton in that weird 6 o'clock Friday game back in 2020. Um, so I think we haven't versed the Eagles there for, for years and probably a, a bad thing considering how they're travelling. Get yeah. a couple wins over there. but um, We haven't had a recent good record necessarily against Frio down there, but I feel like Frio sort of match up well on us in previous years because their midfield was so much better than ours. But yeah. I reckon this year we might actually match it up to them. I agree. So we're at Optus Stadium. Changes is going to be tough because, mm. again, as I said, there wasn't anyone that played terribly to get dropped. But I will go through mine. I think both C-Max performed superbly for Box Hill. So they probably come back in. One could be sub, but I think Meek also definitely comes in for Ramsden. And I'd probably give one of CJ or Morrison a rest as well. Yeah, I'm sort of exactly on the same wavelength as you on that one. I think Ramsden comes out. I want Scrimshaw back into the team really badly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, I agree. I think one of Morrison or, or uh, CJ might be gone, especially now that um, Weddle will probably get another go. Yeah. He can play at up back or on the wing realistically. So, uh, so you've mentioned, you mentioned Scrimshaw plays, Weddle gets another go. I want to give you a scenario where... You're going to say Scrimshaw forward, aren't you? Or Sicily forward? One or the other. I, I did put this out on Twitter during the week. Uh-huh. That Listen to a forward line that has a half forward of more Sicily wing guard mm-hmm. and the full forward of Bruce, Lewis, and one of Fergus or Brockman. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a pretty good forward line. Yeah, it is. It will definitely change our makeup a little bit. So, Sicily has been playing tall, which has kind of taken away his strengths of being that intercept, rebounder, 
However, he used to play really freely. You know how he used to play that nice free back role that we haven't seen for some time. Get him forward. Yeah. You either bring in DGB or Blank or Trust Weddle to play the other post. Put Scrimshaw back in the side, back in the back line. Mm-hmm. And Frost on a tall. And it would work this week because they've only got Jai Amis and arresting Luke Jackson forward that aren't your great AFL forward lines that we're going to come up with in in, in, pre, in future weeks. I partly agree with you, partly disagree with you. I would just switch Scrimshaw and Sicily over. So uh, you'd make a Scrimshaw forward line with Lewis? Yeah, I would. Uh, because Scrimshaw can't really break into that defence fully right now. So playing him out of position, I don't think that big of a deal, especially because he offered a lot in that uh, Adelaide game when he came on and sort of got his hands on the ball, brought a lot of balls to ground. I really liked his game there. Sicily, because he's been training as a back for so long, he's all Australian, I just don't think you mess with that too much, especially if you're right and you mentioned that they don't have really the most dangerous forward lines ever. Maybe Sicily can play the more that floater role this week. Yeah, and I think you, you do technically probably put your best two defenders on a week's forward line because you know they're probably going to get the job done instead of experimenting too much. So I get that part as well. I reckon if, if, if we're down at half-time, by a little bit or whatever. You do experiment with what I've said, but, yeah, you probably don't start that way. I just feel like, on paper, that is one of the best forward lines going around. Um, an underrated forward line going around is having Sisley in there with Lewis. Yeah, possibly. Do you rate Frio? No. Most people had them finals at the start of the year. Yeah, they have I not... had them just outside, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I really don't rate Frio that much. I mean, I've seen them in the last couple of years have some good games... They don't scare me that much as a team. I mean, they, they obviously they could come out and smash us like they have in previous years at Optus. They just, I, I'm, I mean, I know we're get, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm tipping us this weekend. I'm tipping us as well. We, we always spoil our tips before the end, but yeah, how can you not? Um, I don't think you know too much about Freo, so I'll take us through a bit of opposition. <laughs> well, I do a bit, but I'll let you take this one. Freo, they they played Brisbane last week and, and they got blown out really they early. They came back a little bit to make the margin respectable. But and they, Dogs handed them a pretty big smash of the week, the week before, before as well. Now, they're trying this handball game, which is kind of it kind of a little bit what we do. The key and, word there is trying because I don't know what they're doing with the ball right now. So, you know that play we did against Adelaide and it was our first goal of the game and we worked it down the field nicely? Uh-huh. Well... Their coach came out and said that we want to play that way. We want to do what Hawthorne did and cut people. That's something they well, don't good do. Good luck changing your gameplay mid-year because all I've seen from them so far is chop it around the back line like we were doing against Dogs in the last. So they played this handball game on the weekend. Didn't work that well. And Brisbane pressed up. And we're not really a team that... Oh, we do press up occasionally. More Mitchell we, than we, we were in Clarko. Yeah. We more sit back a little bit because we know how easily teams can carve us up as we saw in the early rounds, but they're playing this handball game um, that Brisbane were just smothering, forcing turnover and kicking goals. So they want to play this fast, different way instead of chipping it around the back, which hasn't been working in the early rounds of the season. The dangerous thing is Fife could return this week. And although yeah. he's on, on one, one leg. leg, he had a pretty good preseason and he always seems to play his first game of the year or a return from injury against us. And I can count at least two or three times he's done that. That's fair. And he carves us up when he does. Yeah. Um, so he, he will be a big in. He's one to watch. The other one is probably Sean Darcy. But considering the way... Yeah, that's the one I had, yeah. The, considering the way Reeves um, played last week and Meek would know Darcy better than anyone and, and how he plays... 
I suspect we bring in those two rucks to kind of nullify his in, um, influence. Yeah, good call. Luke Jackson's not a bad guy to chop out either, so he's someone that we have to watch. I don't rate him too highly, but as a second ruck, as far as second rucks go, he, he's one of the better second rucks oh, in the league. I'm not even looking at their plays as much this game. Just I just don't think they've been good all year. And yeah, they've, and they've, and like they've, they've lost to a lot of the teams that we've lost to as well. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I don't know. Like they they're, lost they're, to North. We beat North. They're overly scammy. I mean, maybe their midfield can be pretty good at times, yeah. but our midfield matches them pretty well this year. I feel like, like they've so. got Sarong. They've obviously got Jager who will try yeah. and bring his best against us. Will Brady? Yeah, but, but Jay, let's be honest. Like, and you know how big of a fan I was at Jager at the Hawks. I mean, yeah. seeing what he's doing so far this year, it sort of just seems like it's similar. Like, if a, anything, the only thing he's improved going goals. to Frio is kicking goals. Isn't yeah, it? explain more of that. Like dual half-forward roles, sort of what he did last year at Hawks. But, yeah, he's pretty good for maybe a goal to a game in 15 touches. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I they haven't been the same midfield without Mundy retiring either. So, I don't know. Their back line's probably their strongest part. They've got good rebounders. Luke Ryan's one of them. Um, Brennan Cox seems to be mm-hmm. one of their better lockdown tools. Alex Pierce, I think we can expose really badly uh, with Mitch yeah. Lewis. I feel like he's been really poor. I watched him play on, on Joe Danaher. And we got Mitch Lewis would. in as well. I know we didn't talk about Mitch Lewis much in our, you know, uh, preview. Oh, sorry, review. But, um, yeah, Mitch Lewis, I feel like, and I'm going to get ahead of this question you probably already going to ask me, but players to watch this week, I'm going to Mitch Lewis. He won't, he's sh- he'll shake off the rust of the goal kicking he had last week. And if he can clunk him as good as he did last game, which I believe he can, and kick straight, he might be in for a big day at Optus. Well, yeah, what did he kick? One goal, four. If he's, if he kicked four or five goals last week, he'd be in our votes. Yeah, he might, and might be Charlie Kerner. The way, the way he impacted the first half in terms of marking. Yeah, he was huge. That's you, you just have to think how many wins we could have had early in the season, especially the, just, mainly just the, the close ones against GWS and Adelaide where we lost that would have turned into wins when the goal he kicked on the weekend, not so much the goal, the fact he marked it in the goal square when we've had so many balls fall short this year or a few half chances that we just haven't had the tall timber to mark and he comes in and he's clunking everything. You just think how many chances could have we had if Mitch Lewis was playing. That's very true. But, you know, I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise in the day because the new Tassie team's coming in right now. That means years of uh, compromised drafts. Yeah. And we're loading up at a good time. So uh, I reckon there's a good future for us there, Hawkers. I know. I feel like we're just improving week by week we at are. a really good rate. We don't need to win games. We and want that We're just showing here. exactly what we said pre-season. Sometimes I've got to just remind myself of what I said before the season started. We want a season like last year where... We want a couple of scalps, of course. We don't want to lose every game, but we want to be competitive in every game as much as we can. And we were competitive against the Dogs, realistically, until the last quarter, and we sort of just, like, they were junk time goals, realistically, let's be honest. Like, the game was sort of done. We were, we were gassed. So we talked about Frio's strengths, mm-hmm. or how they play more so, because we did talk about a few of their weaknesses, but how do we beat them? Yeah, I feel like I say the same thing every week. Cause I've what, play four quarters? Uh, nah, more just like get more insta in the opposition. I mean, <laughs> that, that's one stat we didn't win against the Dogs. And if you look at the stats, we um, we won most of the really key stats. I mean, we, we even won Mark's side 50. Usually that stat alone tells you you win the game because you're going to have more better shots on goal. But we were so inaccurate that that didn't matter. But I, I feel like, once again, we I, I want to see us pick away at this Freo defence. If you say if you say that their four line's not much of a worry, then... I'm thinking, let's just get some balls in that back line and keep peppering them until we do score goals. Because, once again, scoring's been an issue for us this year. I don't remember the last time we scored over, like, you know, 90, 100 points. Well, I was going to allude to the same point 
and just say that I feel like last week was our best defensive effort of the year. Yeah, yeah it was pretty some good. Goals, yeah, but right. I feel like our defense was fine. I feel like the only thing about our defense is we probably struggled to generate um, some play out of our back yeah, half. Yeah, the drive's not there. And, and obviously when you have players like CJ a little bit off the pace, um, Seamus Mitchell sort over. of just got one role right now and that's just shut down his man. So he's not going to yep. have much rebound sort of role. And then the rest of the tall forwards are playing on pretty dangerous uh, key forwards. Yeah, that's where we're sort of missing maybe like a Lockie Bramble off halfback and yeah. a Will Day when he moved as well. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that's actually going to be a trend. I don't think it will be. But, uh, yeah, the Dogs defended pretty well at Marvel on the weekend. So, yeah, as I was saying, like our defense has been good, our midfield's been good. Our forward hasn't. And I think, as I said before, we need to learn how to play with Mitch Lewis back in the side. We just haven't played with him this year. This is his first game back. You could tell that there were a few leading and running patterns in the forward line that kind of stuffed up some of our entries um, and and to be fair, entries weren't good. I know Amon uncharacteristically um, stuffed up a few of his kicks. Yeah, and he had the second Mo- most entries for Hawks players. Morrison burnt almost everything he touched. Yeah, he was shocking on the weekend. So he he was pretty bad. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think just forward line really. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's and there's a few forwards. I know we didn't speak a match about him. Quick shout out to Luke Bruce. He had another. He had, he bounced back well this week. With as we goals. said in the pod last it week, sort of faded out after half time, but so with our team did as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sort of looking to our forward line as well. Like, how can our other forwards get more involved? I mean, Dylan Moore had another sort of off game by his standards. Brockman didn't really get overly involved. He had some good plays, but you know, once again, didn't get on the score sheet. And um, Fergus Green obviously had a bit of a mare, but. That was to expect, be expected with, you know, sort of a new structured forward line. I, I, I'm interested to see how we're going to play now towards our forwards as you as you talk about that because there's a big tendency we can just go Mitch Lewis all the time because he yep. takes everything. <laughs> but we've been neglecting the strengths of, like, Green, which is his leading, yep. rather than, you know, getting a crumb of a pack. So it'll be interesting to see how dynamic we are with our entries. Well, you mentioned our small and medium forwards. Apart from one guy who I'm going to say is going to have... A big game this week. Always seems to play well against Frio. Always he he did last year anyway, and the, the year before. But Chad Wingard and I've said his name before. I, I pumped right. him up before. Off the back of my comments earlier in the pod and how he was lazy and the intent wasn't there. He's one guy that can when you the switch can be flicked at any time. Um, and he's a guy that looks like he can just get off the train. And, and someone against Frio looks like the team that he might have a good one against. I yeah, reckon I mean, he, he needs it. He really needs to, needs to have a good game soon because his, his form, even though he's been okay with his, like, he, I feel like from a defensive point of view, he's been a little bit better this year. Maybe not last week, but the week before, a lot of chase down tackles. We need to see him start kicking goals. Is he playing for his Hawthorne career? In a way, yeah, of course he is because he's you've got, got the contract. Butler, you've got Butler in Box Hill. Right. You've got O'Sullivan in Box Hill. And he's also... Older, you know, yep. and Hawks aren't afraid to move on old, older players. So I, I still think he's quite integral to the Hawks team in terms of I think he's like the cherry on top of the cake, and the cake's being made right now. So when we're up there, like when we're starting to hit like sort of that, around that finals mark, he'll be that t- player to get us over the line in a few games. But the issue is, is that if he can't show his form, and if he really is sort of past it, then we we're, we're looking at moving him on. So he he really does have the rest of the year to show us that he has another gear. That he can go to. I expect, you know, maybe a couple of three or four goal games this year for him, realistically, if he wants to stay in the Hawks team. So before we get to our tips, is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else we haven't covered? No, nope, I think we've covered it pretty well today. Just uh, really glad Mitch Lewis is back. <laughs> so am I, is godsend. How much are we going to win by on the weekend? You, you did say earlier we're going to win this game. Yeah. And why are we going to win by this much? 
I think we're going to win by 15 points around that sort of margin. And I think we're going to win because we're, I think we're due for one, <laughs> first of all. And I don't think this opposition is actually as good as the last three oppositions we've played. I honestly believe that Giants, Adelaide, and Dogs are all better. And if we could bring it up so well to them, and we're going to this game with pretty much a full list. Yeah. There is no excuses. I feel like this is a, this is one of the games we can win. We can go down Optus, Freo low on confidence. I don't think they're going to... I don't. I, I know they might be due for a win as well, but honestly, I don't think they're playing the football that deserves it. Well, at least no. we've been showing that we actually deserve a win's coming. I like it. So... Yep, Hawks to win this one. And and Adelaide beat Freo, Bulldogs beat Freo, and they only just beat us. So I'm tipping us by 20. Yep, in, I feel like it's just going to be one of those games where the three quarters were like, oh, just put them away, just put them away, and then the last quarter will kind of charge home and, and make it kind of comfortable in the end. Um, but it's got to be frustrating, and, and a lot of our games this year are just because of the skill errors that we make and... The way yeah. we play is just a frustrating brand of footy at times, especially when you go all out of atta- all out attack. You're going to leak some pretty shitty goals. Yeah, definitely. I I also think we didn't really mention the dogs game, but uh, Plan B would be nice to see as well. Yeah. Uh, I feel like as you mentioned after halftime, we've got to sort of come up with a bit different intent or change something around that might make us a bit more of an attacking threat. But honestly, this game, I think um, I'm a little more confident than yeah. previous weeks. I, I think that the free I really haven't got out of second gear at all this year, and as long as we can put enough scoreboard pressure on them. I reckon they'll crack. It's happened a few times this year, hasn't it, where we've been pretty good in the first half, probably missed a few chances. Mm-hmm. The opposition go into half time, they come out and they shut down pretty much everything we've been doing. Is, yeah. is it, It's either that or our intent. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, it's hard to really guess at why we've fade so much. I mean, it could be the fitness as well. I know, you know, everyone is big on Peter Burge and the fitness they've done, and I'm sure that he's done a fantastic job, but... You know, I saw some players look legitimately gassed at the end of that game. Whether it was Creature Dogs running, I, I, I do think we got to play a bit more of... Uh, I, we just seem to be sometimes really slow in the opposition that last quarter. I, I want to see us um, finish games really strongly with a lot of energy. Like, when you're in those close ones, you know, like let's say, for example, the Giants game in Adelaide, we're the ones that are two goals down. How do we find those two goals to get in front? I know. I don't know if we always... I feel like we just limp over the line a lot yep. of the time. Yeah. And other teams seem to be, like, hit with a shot of cocaine at the end of the game. Literally. And, Literally. They, and then they're just, like, r- r- sprinting towards the finish line. So, can we be that team that's on the attack at the end of the game, not the team that's on the defense? Because we were losing, in, the, in, the, in this case, in the Dogs game the last quarter, and we look like the team that was running out of petrol. Well, so. we haven't won a game since we hit record for our first episode. Obviously, we've recorded after <laughs> yeah, a win, so that's right. it could be a bit of a Hawthorne fancast curse. I but, doubt it. Not, not the start of the season. But we do love bringing this podcast to you. Where can you find us on socials and on all the podcasting platforms? Like always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and all the podcasting platforms you can pretty much find us on, the main ones being Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Amazon. Apple Pods, Apple. all those ones, yep. So pretty much keep everything. following us, keep sending your questions in if you have any. Uh, we weren't really active on the socials this week, but we'll be a little bit more involved. We are. We do apologise for the late film this week as well. We're going to try and uh, get these episodes out a little bit earlier just uh, so it's more fresh in our minds and also the fans' minds as well. And if you like what we produce or if you have a bit of feedback, don't be afraid to review. It helps us drive up those rankings and uh, bring some great content to Hawthorne fans. And if you want to be part of the podcast, please reach out to us. We are the Hawthorne Fancast, and we do plan on getting some guest speakers on, either for questions or whole episodes. So if you're interested in um, having a bit of a chat about Hawthorne, 
please get into touch with us because we're, we want to expand we, this and make it a, a real fan experience as well, not just uh, hearing our two boring voices speak about the same things every week. Yeah, we can dial you in. Hopefully, we have a win on the weekend, Matt. Looking forward to it, James. I reckon this is our week. Go Hawks. Go the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs>